Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Tonight. Craig Malasa and Dave Amato. Dave, huge Cajun fan, does a weekly uh, weekly summary for us for uh, those over at Raging Pajan. So thanks, Dave. Dave, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, sir. How are you? I'm, you know, I'm doing okay. Can't complain. No one listens when you do. So uh, they all they all want to blame it on something else besides me being miserable. So whatever. <laughs> Yes, I'm a grumpy old man, and I'm feeling it more and more every day. Um, yep. Well, before we get started, everybody wants to know. That's what everybody's talking about. What are you drinking tonight? Don't tell me one so, of those sissy beers. No, well, I don't You've know. You've got a Coors Light, don't you? No, I don't have a Coors <laughs> Light. That, that's blasphemy for me. Um, now, tonight, I am drinking a Roaring Sons uh, Brewing Company out of Texas, uh, black, an ugly pug black lager um so i've i've moved away from the ipas since the weather started to get a little bit cooler and gone a little bit darker so uh i have a black lager tonight and on deck if i have to reach for it i have another Oktoberfest in there so have, have you uh, and i know this is going to probably sound blasphemous for you, you too but I, I i'm a i'm a huge fan of shiner if i have, if i have to drink yeah. beer uh i love shiner bach i love shiner blonde i love shiner uh, uh ruby red red but mm-hmm. have, have you tried their uh christmas cheer or holiday cheer I, one funny story that you bring that up uh the other day i was in the grocery store with the roses and i i put together a mixed six pack and i grabbed one of those and uh, i brought it home and i was working and my wife was in the garage with our daughter and she was playing around and she walked, she opened the garage, I mean, the, yeah, the garage refrigerator, and she saw it sitting there. And usually when I buy a mixed six pack, I'll get four or so for me and a couple for her. And she knew that was for her. Well, by the time I got off of a conference call and walked down, she said, oh, I just had that, that uh, Scheinerbach Christmas ale. It was really good. And I, I looked at her and I said, uh-oh, I think I'm, I think I'm, uh, Let's see, Dave. I don't. I think this might be. I wanted to at least taste it. So the the reality is yes. The reality was yes. I bought it, and no, I haven't tasted it because she drank the whole thing before I could get a taste of it. Okay, I I I saw it in the grocery store too, and uh, first time I'd seen it, so that's why it was a curiosity thing. Uh, Well, if it's any consolation, she said it was good, but I, I like I said I. I didn't get a chance to taste it, so I'll have to go and get another one and try it. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people say that I like girly beer, so, I mean, it's, you know, me being one of them, uh, <laughs> I, I, I love my, I love my, uh, I love my uh, Lion and Krugel Summer Shanty, and I like my uh, uh, Ruby Grapefruit, Red Grapefruit, or wherever it's called, by uh, by, by Shiner Box, so, hey. Yeah, we've got some differences on, uh, on our uh, beer uh <laughs> drinking for yeah sure. well i'm actually having a little bit of um try to decide to go uh a little old school for me hadn't had in a while i'm drinking some eagle rare 10 year old bourbon tonight so enjoying it very much it's going to help me sleep 
which I have no, I have no shame in saying I will have no problem sleeping tonight. So, <laughs> but, so let's get on. I mean, I, I know uh, a lot of people tune in and we might have to save that segment for the end of the show because that way people will listen all the way to the end instead That's of tuning right. in just for that. But no, um, well, let's, let's talk about the Sunbelt coming up this weekend. It, uh, it was a slow week last week. Uh, the games were on early. Uh, I, I think we recorded late. So um, let's, let's just move right in. Uh, we got Troy at Coastal tomorrow night. Uh, interesting game. I think Troy would have a, uh, more of a chance if they were at home. Just Coach Coastal's looking for revenge. Uh, what's your yeah. thoughts there? Yeah, I, look, I, I, you know, I think you and I differ a little bit on the quality of what Coastal is or is not, but I, I, I think you're right. If this game was in Troy, Alabama, it might be a little bit, a little bit of a different uh, outcome. Uh, Coastal's a 17 point favorite. I think they, they get very close to covering, if not covering that score, and I think they run away with it at the end. Um, I'm not sure what the situation is with one of Troy's uh, leading receivers was arrested, but then I read the other day that he may have been put back onto the roster. So I'm not sure um, if he's going to be available to play or not, but I just don't know if Troy has the firepower to keep up with. uh, with, Yeah. uh, I I tend to give the uh, maybe sometimes too much, a little bit of the benefit of doubt to the, to the athlete there, because we saw what happened over at uh, Georgia Southern a couple years ago sure. to their quarterback. And uh, uh, it was unfortunate because some of the fans didn't read the, the follow-up at the end saying that, you know, he was acquitted, but held that against him ever since. So unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if it would make a huge difference yeah. if he played or not. I think Coastal's the better team. I think Coastal pulls away in that game. I agree. Uh, moving on, uh, he, here's one. If, if I, I'll tell you that if if uh, Troy pulls the upset on Thursday night, I will become a huge fan of ULM on on Saturday uh, sure. at App State. I mean, no offense to uh, App State, but uh, I, I like what Bobby Bowden. I'm sorry, Terry Bowden's doing up there at ULM. I can't look. I think we both thought the season started this team had a long way to go they would improve but they wouldn't be very good they still had a long way to go they, i can't figure them out there they they they're you know, four or three and i think that's an amazing record for a team that is down their starting quarterback they've got a lot of weaknesses all over the roster but they are playing with some with some emotion i, I watch them in and out when i can I'm impressed with what they've done considering how shallow the roster really is and what, what he, what Terry Bowden walked into and what he's working with. Um, I think he's doing an amazing job. I don't think, I really don't think they can hang with app. Um, But I, 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 I just, just to be four and three at this point in the season, I think is an amazing thing. I think Boone's going to be rocking on Saturday. And I think, uh, I think that pulls that one out and they win probably going away, but again, four and four, eight games through the season for UL Monroe is a, is a huge move, uh, you know, uptick for that team. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I'll be pulling for them if, if, uh, if coastal loses, but I, I'm not seeing it, but then again, I haven't seen much this year. And then, 
<laughs> I mean, I've watched all of their games. I haven't, I, ha I should say, I haven't seen it. I've, I've said I haven't seen it this year. And then all of a sudden, and all they do is they keep on winning. I think the amazing yeah. thing to me, and I'm not sure, I, I know he was not projected to be the starting quarterback, but their quarterback there, uh, play there has been, has been quite, I won't say outstanding, but it's been nice. It's, it's been, it's no, been manageable it, and it been able to win. So, uh, yeah. good, and if good. I'm not mistaken, just reading up on, on that guy and, and his name eludes me right now, but I think he was a late signee, um, for them. He was a junior college transfer, I think. And he was a late signee. They did not expect him necessarily to play much this season, but he's had to take the reins and he's done. He's improved every game I've watched him play. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to pull something up here to look at it real quick, but let's, let's go ahead and move on. Um, sure. And uh, we have uh, our next uh, Georgia state at Georgia Southern huge game. I think for both teams there uh, wow. coming in, coming into the season always it's a rivalry game so um man whoo booyah look there's so many teams in this conference i think we talked about it briefly last week there's so many teams in this conference i can't figure out from week to week and and these are two of them um georgia southern will show something one week and then look a mess the next georgia state you know has ups and downs I, i'm not sure what to think of them um I'm leaning towards Georgia State winning this game, uh, but it is in in Statesboro, so you never know. Uh, and again, like you said, it's a it's a rivalry game, but uh, Georgia State is a six and a half point favorite going into that game. Yeah, I, th I think to me the the rivalry game, uh, I think that's a little lot. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I think they're, I think. And we've seen in the past where where ULM has been able to uh, when we thought we had the better team and uh, mm -hmm. and they've come into Cajun Field actually and beat us. So uh, yeah, and, and and I did read today where uh, although he hasn't put up great numbers this year, I did read today uh, Dustin Dustin Coates, who was their leading running back from last year and has kind of slid down the depth chart this year has announced that he is uh, going to transfer out. And so he's not on the team any longer. He was probably their third string running back at this point. Uh, but again, he led the team with almost 800 yards rushing last year. So I don't know, I guess as he slipped down the depth chart, he decided he didn't need to be there any longer. Oh, well, man, move on. Yeah. So, um, well, that's it for this week, but I, I'm going to throw, throw you a curveball here. Um, well, you forgot Arkansas State, South Alabama. Oh, we did I? Well, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry, I'm trying to. Did I? Oh, I did yeah, skip goes, right over. That's in that's in Mobile. Uh, it is in Mobile. Um, and and look, South South, I can't figure them out. I mean, one week they look like they're a really good football team and could be, you know, the second best team in the West, and then the next week they fall apart and fall flat on their face. I I think they're a better team than Arkansas State, although. You know, Arkansas State can put up some points and they can move the ball. I think I still think in Mobile, South Alabama wins that game. Yeah, I think with with with, with the Jaguars being home, I think that that game goes to them. Arkansas State, uh, I, I think they 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 spend a lot of emotion. Uh, there's yeah. a there's there you know they've been the Cajuns' main football rivalry over the last twenty years, and uh, 
Uh, I just I just see that as a uh, South Alabama game. I think so. So, uh, so two new teams added to the uh, Sun Belt in, in Southern Miss and uh, and uh, Old Dominion and uh, a third talking about going here. Um, I, I tell you, man, I would love nothing better than Old Dominion to, to go in uh, to host uh, the dog killers of Louisiana tech and, and win that one, you know? Yeah, I, I, am with you. I, I, I have not looked at or followed old dominion at all this year. So I don't know much about them. I know they're, they're one and six, um, but they've played some really close games from what I, the brief, uh, look at their schedule that I've seen. Um, I'm with you. I, I would love for them to win that game. I'm a, I posted it on Rage and Pagan earlier this week. I, I really would like to see all of the, obviously the two who have announced and then all four of the potential uh, new members of the Sun Belt to uh, really have a good week this week. And, and some of them have a really good, good opportunity. Uh, some of them are going to be in some dog fights, uh, but I would love to see Old Dominion win. And then Southern Miss is playing... Uh, Middle Tennessee, which which Middle is interesting Tennessee. because all three of the teams, Marshall, yeah. Old Dominion, Southern Miss, played three teams that are yeah. not being called up by either Conference USA or the Sun Belt. They're that they're is, playing they're they're playing the guys that are left there. That's right. Yeah, the the few who are left, I guess. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I look, I I I think we got some awesome news this week, right? I think. I think hearing Southern Miss for us, especially. Hold on, Dave. I think we're, we're go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah, not a problem. I, I, I was saying that I think that, uh, you know, for some of us older guys who remember the, 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 the tough games that we had with, uh, with Southern Miss in the past, it's awesome to uh, to have these guys in the conference. And if, if, if I can give you a, a great, quick story of one of my favorite times on an airplane, um, I was flying Southwest uh, years ago, and I'll tell you how far back this goes once we get to the end of the story. But as you know, Southwest, uh, for people who travel, don't have, they, I don't know if they do, I don't fly them anymore, but they didn't have assigned seats. So you just basically sat wherever you wanted to on a plane. So I was in the front row of the plane, but the middle seat next to me was open and they were getting ready to close the doors. And all of a sudden I heard him say, they've got one more coming on. And I saw this gentleman come on the plane. He was the largest human being I've ever seen in my entire life. And he was carrying what looked like a tiny little duffel bag, but I'm sure the duffel bag was much bigger, but he was so large, it looked tiny. And he sat next to me, pushing me into the aisle of the plane for the whole flight. We were flying to Baltimore. So I asked him if it, the little duffel bag said uh, Southern Miss football on it. So I asked him, I said, um, I said, oh, did you play at Southern Miss? And he said, yeah, actually, I'm on my way to sign my uh, NFL contract. I just got drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I said, I went to USL. And we went back and forth. He was talking about how many great games he remembers playing against those guys. And, and uh, so as we were getting off the plane, I said, hey, my name's Dave. Nice to meet you. And he said, I'm a Thomas. 
who went on to win quite a few Super Bowls with the Patriots, um, but played in the NFL for, I think, about 12 to 13 years as a defensive lineman. But he was one of the nicest human beings in the world and one of the largest human beings I've ever seen. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, Dave, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, Bobcats and Cajuns. We'll get, we'll get into the Bobcats defense right after this quick, quick message. Quick. I mean, it sounds like I've been drinking all night, but I haven't been. Sorry, guys. All right. Welcome back into We're Talking Tonight. Craig Malonso and Dave Amato. Dave, let's talk Bobcats and Cajuns. Uh, let's, let's start off with the Bobcats defense first. What are we going to see there? What do the Cajuns need to do? More so, let's focus on the, the defense of the Bobcats so we, before we get to what the Cajuns need to do to be successful. Sure. Yeah, uh, look, this, this has been an up-and-down team, both on offense and defense. And I think, um, you know, they, they struggle quite a bit. Um, they don't get, they, they're similar to Arkansas state in, in, uh, when we were looking at them last week, they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, their defense only has six sacks on the season through seven games. So they don't put a lot of pressure on you. They have really struggled on third down. They, they are worse than the Cajuns on giving up third downs, uh, to their opponents. So they, and they're, they're even worse on fourth down, to be honest with you. Um, they, they've given up – teams have attempted nine fourth downs against them and they've converted seven. And then their their third down conversion rate is right at 50% anyway. So, so I, I, look, the Cajuns have to get in a shorter third and, you know, threes, third and twos if they're going to be in a third down situation. I think that's where the Bobcats struggle um they they've struggled a little bit they've got some they've got an, a, a pretty big injury on the uh defensive line uh, a player is out for the season uh sam and i'm gonna butcher his last name it's it's like Ob Ob obelina or something but he God is he's he's yeah exactly um he's out for the year they just announced that he didn't play in the georgia state game um and then they announced it this week that he was out for the season um, and he's a pretty big defensive lineman um but they've they've got holes all over the defense they they kind of are a team that they they you know people can throw against them and they can run against them they're giving up almost 200 yards a, a game on the ground and they're giving up i think almost 200 and uh, it's almost 230 or 240 yards uh, through the air. So they, they, there are holes all over that defense that we should be able to expose. And I know we announced today that we're going to be without Imani Bailey, but I still don't think that's going to be a problem with the way uh, Montreal Johnson and, uh, and, and, and Chris Smith ran the ball last week. I think we'll still be okay. I'm really hoping that, that Bailey will be healthy and we can get it back. But um, I, I look, I think we need to establish the run against them. If you're giving up almost 200 yards a game on the ground, it's, it's an opportunity for us to really make some, make some noise there. Well, you know, if you look at last week, uh, you know, you, you say 200 yards on, on the ground, but uh, oh, Georgia, State, Georgia State had 298 last week against them. Two, two yeah. runners over, over, uh, over 100 yards, a third one at 77. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of opportunity for the Cajuns there. And unfortunately, this will be uh, – I did not realize – I was wondering to myself watching the game against Arkansas State why Imani Bailey – didn't get the ball more in the second half. And I, I listened yeah. to Cody Juno this morning 
on Kevin Foote's uh, footnotes show. And it was one of those things that he said that, and uh, which is my bad. I should have been listening to Jay, Jay and the guys, but uh, uh, that they mentioned that Bailey was out for the rest of the game. So that's why yeah. he didn't get his they carries. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, like I said, I, I had expected the depth chart to come out today at some point, and I, I saw it today come out, and I, I noticed that he wasn't on it. Uh, but look, I, I tell you, I think this, the strength of this team is uh, for, on defense is their line. It, it seems like to me, since I've been following uh, Texas State, they always have really active linebackers. They've got used. Dave, sorry about that. Not to get too technical here. I don't know why. I'm on LUS Fiber. I usually don't have problems with that issue. It's not like the old days when you were on DSL or dial-up or anything like that. Uh, we had a big rainstorm today, which should not affect Fiber because everything is sealed. And, uh, again, without getting too technical, everything is sealed uh, multiple times going in. So there should be no – and water should not affect it. Like, usually water affects anything that's got copper in it. So – that's uh, enough of, of my uh, dissertation on fiber optics, uh, my day job. But uh, go back in. You, you're talking the strength of the team being the linebackers and everything. Uh, normally, uh, is the linebackers. Uh, and, yeah. And when you when you go when you're finished that, go on and and talk about this uh, three three five that they play. Is that fifth guy normally a defensive back or is it is he coming up as a linebacker? Go ahead and give me so some. Yeah, no, so so yeah, the linebackers are pretty strong. They play a three-three-five, like I like you had said. The um the the, the strength of their in the middle of the line is uh is a Samoan gentleman by the name of Tupo, but he left the game against Georgia State briefly. Um, and I don't know if he came back in, but they did not announce him as being out this week. So I think he'll be there, but he might not be a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, like you said, they do play a three, three, five. Um, what's interesting about that three, three, five, as I was looking through it, the, the, the fifth defensive back is listed as a nickel back. Um, and both of the guys who play that position are more of a cornerback than a, than a safety, which was surprised the heck out of me in size. They're, yeah. they're tall, but they're lean. Um, so they're not a similar guy that would come up and play. I, I think of a guy for us, like a Cam Podesclo, who kind of kind of looks like a little bit of a linebacker, but plays more of a safety position. These guys that they have playing in that fifth defensive back seem to be more of a, a corner, a kind of a, a hybrid corner safety, not a hybrid safety linebacker. So it was, I, I, I've rarely have seen that. Usually that guy's another big safety. And that's not what they have. So it's going to be interesting how they how they line up. Um, like I said, with that three three uh, five, they don't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback at all. Um, so so we'll have to see how this shakes out. This is the first time I'm I'm going to be looking at a team that plays this kind of lineup uh, for them. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Good deal. Well, let's take our next break. We're listening. We're talking with Craig Malasa and Dave Amato. We'll be back right after after this with uh, Texas State's offense. Welcome back into We're Talking, Craig Malonso and Dave Amato. Dave, the quarterback, uh, well, let's start off with the off and in general with the offense, but quarterback play for them. I, if I remember correctly last year, 
McBride started out strong and then he kind of faded towards the end of the game and uh, did not did not have the same success, I guess. And Cajun Cajun's Patrick Tony is is probably one of the better geniuses there is in football when it comes to halftime adjustments. So, yeah. So, so the only, and and I've been watching uh, Brady McBride play for this team for a couple of seasons now. The only thing I can think of for anyone who's seen uh, Texas state play or for years back, Texas A&M play. uh, He is as close to a, a similarity to Johnny Manziel, as I've ever seen in, in college football. Um, Brady McBride is a feast or famine guy. Um, he will make some amazing things happen when he's scrambling around like an idiot in the backfield. And then he will make some of the most bonehead plays you ever see in your entire life. But that's all his game. He's going to make mistakes because he does some insanely crazy things but he's also going to shock the hell out of you while he's running around for his life um and and that's just the way he plays his coach the coach knows it i I listened to the press conference today they they basically said that's what they expect out of brady mcbride that he's going to make mistakes but he's also going to pull off some amazing plays and they you have to live with the good with the bad and he's he can be so dangerous i One of the interesting things about it is for a guy who runs around like that, you would think that he would be looking for a lot of check down receivers because he's running for his life, but he doesn't throw to his running backs very often. Usually when he's running for his life, he's looking downfield and he hurls the ball 30, 40 yards downfield, usually to a wide open receiver because the defensive backs can't hold on that long, right? Yep. Well, the interesting part last week, 27-47, 27-47, not a bad day, 255 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. The thing that amazes me, though, that that they had uh, – let me see if I do quick math here. They had more rushing attempts, which is which surprised – no, I'm – yeah, no, a, a nine less rushing attempts, but only two players uh, over 45 yards and both of them. I mean, nothing there on the running game, so – is that something that the, the Cajuns defense is going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback? I, I, I think they, they can. They have to be careful. Like I said, he is going to scramble around, and he can run, and he will tuck it under and run quite a bit. I think he's third on the team in rushing yards. Um, and, I'll, and, and that's taking into account the amount of lost yardage he gets because he gets sacked so many times. I, I'm just noticing that now. I'm sorry, that one of the one of the – rushers there was him for 46 yards on 17 attempts so uh and he lost 32 in sacks so he was sacked three times okay yeah. sorry about that no no and, and that's what you see with him he'll run around they'll run around now look he is a he can be a turnover magnet I, I if i'm not mistaken he's got three games this year where he's thrown three interceptions uh yes. and he has i think he has 10 on the year so it, it, he he will turn the ball over. He also was, he fumbled the ball in that game last week against Georgia State, uh, which cost them a chance to cut it to a one-score game and maybe give them a chance to, to be in that game. So, like I said, it, it's, it's feast or famine with him. And what's interesting is I, I, I did do a little reading on their, uh, on their fan forum. There are people who are ready to just give up on him because he's such a – 
you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. And what they have behind him is pretty decent. They've got a, a, a guy, Tyler Vitt, who's played a lot for them before uh, McBride got there. And then they've got two transfers, one from NC State and one from Arizona State, who I think they would love to see get in the game. But but uh, Spadafall is going to run with McBride and, and try to get him to, you know, pull off some miracles. But, man, well, he is – he's hard to watch. Well, and I hear you there because he's – I mean, he's got 60% completion rate, but at the same time, you know, his 12 TDs to, to 10 interceptions is not exactly what you want out of a quarterback, especially if you're only getting 215 yards a game passing, so – yeah, yeah, no. And look, they've got some talent at the running back position. They've got a little jitterbug guy, uh, Calvin Hill, who was there last year as well. Um, he's he's probably their better of the two running backs, but they got another guy, Brock Sturgis. It's kind of a two-headed monster um, for them. Um, but, but neither one of them, I think, scare us um, as far as guys who are just going to just kill us running the ball. And it's Cajun's defensive front has been pretty good against the run most of the season so I, that doesn't scare me what scares me about them they have two really good wide receivers um marcel barbie who who is one of the better receivers in the sunbelt conference and uh javon banks those are their one two guy and then last week they had a guy who came out of out of the woodworks uh, ashlyn hawkins who had a big day for him uh, but really it's Barbie and Banks that are their A, a and B receivers. Yeah. Um, both, both of them are, are, are playing, you know, quite well between the two of them averaging over a hundred yards uh, a game. So. Yeah. And they're big guys. They're both six, two. Um, so, you know, they're not these speedy guys. They're just big and strong physical receivers, but Again, we've got good defensive backs who can match up pretty well. The the key is going to be somebody spying McBride and keeping him in check so that he doesn't get those free plays down the field, which he can do. Well, with with the sacks and everything, what are we looking at on on their offensive line? Is the offensive line something that that we can take advantage of? I I think so. Um, So they have have three first-year players on their offensive line. Uh, they got a transfer from Arkansas that's there. They've got another transfer from North Dakota. And then a, a interesting story about him was um, he, I'm sorry. No, not him. It was a transfer from Maine. A guy by the name of Dob, Dobson was the third player taken in the CFL draft last year um, and decided to come back to school to, or transfer to play one more year as a grad transfer, but he's from Toronto and uh, they're, they're young and they're new. They don't have a lot of continuity on that offensive line because they've got three new players on that team. So I, I, I think there's an opportunity with the, the amount of blitzing that we can do from the linebacker position, not that we do a ton of it, but we have the athletes like Chauncey Manack and Farad Gardner, who can blitz on occasion. And I, I look, I think they're going to have a hard time blocking our defensive front. Uh, and then if we can send one guy every now and then, I think we can put a lot of pressure on Brady and, and, and really get make some plays there. I think that's going to be the weakness for this Texas State team is that offensive line. Good deal. 
All right. I think we've kind of, unless you've got any last words of wisdom, you've been listening to, we're talking with Craig Malonso and Dave Amato. Dave, any last words of wisdom, either the special teams or anything else that we need to look for? Uh, no, I, look, nothing, you know, nothing amazing on there on the special teams. The, there was one thing I did see on the special teams that I think is something to, to keep in, in mind. They, they have only returned. I think, a, I think during the game, I heard this 11 yards of kickoff returns. They do not return the ball very often. They they call for the fair catch and get it out of twenty five for the most part. Um, and, and and that number seemed really weird while I was watching the game. Um, and I maybe they were mistaken when they said that, but they don't seem to do a lot on on either kickoff or punt returns at well, all. Well, uh, I I can tell you on uh, punt. They've only returned eight punts for an average of 1.14 yards. Yeah, I, the longest yeah. is five. Uh, they have returned. What well, they've had. Uh, trying to see, I guess this. Yeah, they've returned 24 uh, kickoffs okay. for, okay. for so an average of 19. So it must have been the punts that he was talking about. Yeah. That they they really do not return punts at all. Yeah. You know, the key is to catch the ball, and and I think they they are down a wide receiver who I think is their return man on the kickoffs. Uh, Donovan Moore, I, I believe, is out for the season. Okay, uh, yeah, he's got the he's got the, he's fifteen returns for an average of twenty two point four. So yeah. Yeah, he was announced today that he's out done for the year. So they're going to have to change something up on the kickoff returns. So outside of that, look, I we say this almost week in and week out. If the Cajuns play like they're capable of flying, they win this game. Um, I think they're better in almost every uh, piece of the, uh, you know, offense, defense, not special teams necessarily um, as far as kicking. But but I think we're overall we're the better football team at the cages. And, and and this is what I've been preaching for the last couple of weeks. Our best two games this season have been the last two home games we've played. Right. The the Ohio game and the App State game. We have shown what we are capable of. We played good defense, good offense. We've made two complete games. If we can duplicate that against Texas State, I don't think Texas State has a chance. OK, last question. 11 o'clock start, start kickoff hurt, hurt or help the Cajuns or neutral. I think it's neutral. Um, I think it helps the Cajuns in the fact that um, uh, Texas state is look, they've got, they, they're, they're coming off. We have a couple extra days of rest, right. That they didn't have, they played on Saturday. They've got to travel here. So they've got that to take into consideration. I know it's not a, a super long travel, but it's still travel. I think overall it, it, it helps the cage. I don't think it helps the Cajuns that they're going to be awake and ready to go. I think they just have a better opportunity to be more alert and more ready than a team that's traveling from, from uh, outside the area. Um, I, I Look, I think it hurts the fans um, being an 11 o'clock start. I think a four o'clock start would have been much better for the fans. And, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading with anyone who's listening and I've been posting it all over uh, social media. 
you know, if you can get out to this game, you need to make this game. Uh, the Cajuns need our support. Well, I, I think the uh, 11 o'clock kickoff does help the, the Cajuns for the reasons you said that because of the travel mainly, uh, having travel with the team. You're right. It's not a long flight. It's not any of that. But at the same time, it's still it's still helpful. But I think the uh, I think the fans are going to show up today uh, this this Saturday for an eleven o'clock kickoff. I think the only thing that hurts is the uh, tailgating. Unfortunately, I think uh, it's going obviously it's going to crush. I just I just don't. People are going to show up thirty minutes an hour before the game, go into the game and do their deal. So yeah, I, I think I, we still got a pretty good crowd. I'm hoping, like, I, and I don't know what it's going to be. I'm hoping that we're looking at, you know, uh, uh, you know, north of 25,000, and I'm hoping the students show up. Obviously, I think, you know, a lot of alumni will come back in town. I think we'll have a good I'm – ex, I'm expecting a pretty good crowd. I just don't think you will have the – you may have a late arriving crowd, right, like you said. It's not going to be the crowd that's out there and partying for two or three hours before the game. They're getting there and walking straight up. Well, They're going to be that, late getting to their seats. And that may be a good thing because usually when they stay out there partying all day long, they never make it into the stadium. So, well, there's that too. So, so, so we'll see. I, I, you know, we just need to support this team. Yep. And, and look, they're six and one. They're the only undefeated Sunbelt Conference team. Yep. Um, we need to go out there and support them. But yeah, uh, uh, just if you can make it, make it. It's, it's worth it. Yeah. All right, Dave, appreciate your time tonight. We'll talk no chat problem, again next sir. week. Uh, and we'll see what else is going on. I'm not I'm not I haven't even looked ahead. I think next week is Georgia State at home also. So it is it is Georgia Thursday State. Thursday night. Home, so yeah, okay. Thursday night. So well, Dave, thank you so much. Again, you've been listening, we're talking with Craig Malonsa and Dave Amato. We'll talk to you tomorrow where we'll have uh Brant Freeman from the Texas State. Bobcats on.